My first year of seminary, we had a priest from India, a fantastic priest, a good model of holiness and a good model of uh, priesthood and certainly an international flavor to the seminary. Uh, but he had a heavy accent and, and one, uh, I think it was this gospel passage, he's, he shared the story of a woman who came up to the bishop and asked, you know, Bishop, I, I lost all my teeth. What will happen and if, I go, if I go to hell? What will happen where there's wailing and grinding of teeth? I have no teeth to grind. Ah, teeth will be provided. I guess there's no out for the, uh, the, pen, the, uh, the, the punishment in hell. But if we focus just on that, we lose the point. I think today our Lord is inviting us to focus on something more. Of course, we, we hear this parable, and, and this parable perhaps is pretty straightforward. Some of it helps that, that when we, uh, in English, uh, consider the word talent, we have uh, what we call a talent in, in this modern age is called so because of the word, the Greek word for talent. The Greek word for talent is is uh, that we have translated uh, here is money, and uh, there's there's only a few coins. If you remember, I've, I've talked about talent before. It's the equivalent of about ten thousand days wages. So if you're doing doing the math real quick, it's about thirty years of wages. Can you imagine being given almost a lifetime of wages? even with just one talent. Two talents, that's 60 years, that's almost a lifetime. And of course, five talents, that's, that's a lot. This master has, it's out of his possessions. It's his possessions that he's given. I think that will be important for us to hold on to. He gives five to the one, two to the other, and one to the third, each according to his ability each according to his ability, and we might say, well, that doesn't seem like fair or whatever, but the master, knowing his servants, gives them what they need. And the one with five goes off and trades with them and comes and receives five more. I personally would like to know what he was trading in uh, that he made, you know, most of the time, unless the master's long delayed, most of the time you don't make it back quite that much. The other one, though, of course, he goes off and he trades with it and makes another two. But the one who had only received one was afraid and buried it. The master, when he returns, comes and calls him forward, each for an accounting. The one who had been given five, of course, brings his ten, lays it at the feet of the master. The master's well done, good and faithful servant. Since we're faithful to small... Uh, since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Now, you can imagine what happens when the, the one who had received two came. Notice he wasn't condemned for not raising five. He was commended, in, in fact, commended in the exact same words as the one who had been given five and now had ten. Well done, good and faithful ser servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. He's not condemned for not making the same amount. And, for, of course, percentage-wise, he made, made the same amount or all, all that. But he's commanded because he used the gifts that the master had given him. And notice that they are to keep these gifts. Out of the master's own goodness, he has given them his, his wealth 
and allows them to keep that wealth. But then the one who has had received one comes forward. I know you're a demanding person, harvesting where you do not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So I buried it. And notice the master, a wicked servant. It wasn't that he had lost the coin. He just didn't even try. The master tells him, you know, couldn't you at least put it in the bank? I find myself wondering, well, why couldn't the master have just simply put it in the bank if he knew? But this was a test, of course. I get the sense as I read this, because the master testing them, had this wicked servant at least tried, maybe invested in something that went belly up, maybe even, lost it all, the master would not have been as upset. I get the sense that the master would have, would have praised him, at least you tried. You put it in the bank, at least, at least you got a little bit of interest back. Banking then is much like banking now. You don't get very much interest if you just simply uh, give it for, for that interest. But at least he would have tried. This poor guy didn't even try. He's condemned, thrown out, tossed out where there's wailing and grinding of teeth. This image that is so hard perhaps to understand, but it's a place of self-loathing, of self-hatred, because they realize, I didn't even try. The master commends the first two and condemns the other. And really the only difference is that the first two tried. The first two took what the master had given them and used it to the best of their abilities. They had been given each according to their their own ability and each according to their own ability did what they could. But the third one didn't even try. This is a message, of course, for us, that we need to take what the Lord has given to us and use it, not squander it, not hide it away, squirrel it away, keep it for a rainy day or or whatever. This is, uh, at its very root, what it means to be a steward. Of course, these last weeks we've been in the midst of the DMA, the Diocesan Ministries Appeal, And I find myself frustrated because the stewardship is not just for one day or one weekend or or one month in a year. It's to be our whole lives, our entire lives. Because if we're aware of it, everything that we have and everything we are is God's gift to us. And he invites us to use it and to use it well, to make a return to him. Everything. And so often when we think of stewardship, we only think of our finances And whenever we talk about stewardship or finances, of course, luckily I don't literally see it, but I I, I know that some just tune out and say, well, that's enough. I was in a parish where I was told to talk about stewardship, and, and I had somebody come up and chew me out. Every time you talk, you talk about money, 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 money. Uh, Up to that point, I hadn't talked about money yet, because stewardship is more than money. Stewardship is also of our time, to give our our Lord time. Maybe you're aware, but there's 168 hours in a week. 
And when we talk about time, what time have we given to the Lord, most of us might only be able to say, well, I made it to weekend mass. That's one hour. That's less than 1%. What about the other 167 hours? To give our Lord time in prayer and to give just simply to the church or to people around us as, as the Lord is inviting us to give some of our time back to him. I know I find it a, a challenge, and, and uh, I have to admit, each time I go to confession, the, the laziness or, or the uh, slothfulness in my heart that, that dwells there, that I, I just like that time. I like to have that time to myself. Yes, some of it is spent in prayer and, and those things, but I, we hoard time. Our Lord has given us this week 168 hours or for those that are quick in math, it's 10,080 minutes. How are we using that time? How are we using the gift that he has given to us? Or our talents? I, I like to uh, pick on, uh, the, not pick on, but pick the musicians as a good example, you know, some of us, all, I, I keep saying, any of, any of us can play the piano. Whether we play it well or not is another story. When I play the piano, people applaud when I'm done. Because it's done. I don't have a talent for piano, and so I have a great, uh, great respect for those who do, and those who, who provide are, are musicians here in church and, and others. But our talents are so much more than music. And so often, you know, America's Got Talent and uh, uh, Star Search and all these shows, so many of them are just focused on, on singing or music or, or whatever. But there's so much more talent. And some talent will never see the stage. And that's probably okay. All of us have talents. And some talents are not the showy kind of talents. Some have talents towards administration, organization, Cleanliness, certainly not a talent I have. Some have talents towards uh, friendliness, being gregarious, being able to go into a situation and bring a sense of calm and peace, of being with somebody in their, in their distress, of being with people in death, of helping people. Those are talents that are never going to see a stage, but a talent that the Lord has given and the Lord invites to be given back to him. Our stewardship is also using those talents. And of course, our treasures. This is, again, when we reduce stewardship to treasure, we miss the boat because stewardship is so much more, but our treasures are so much more a part of this. I've shared the story, and, and I will, because it, it just is one of those that completely amazes me. But a number of years ago, I had a man come in. He wanted to give a large gift anonymously, that no one except me knew where that check had actually come from. So he had, had it all planned out and how to do this, and it, it involved a lawyer and a trust fund and all these things. And he came in with a check for $100,000 to go to the church and the school. And he said, you know, Father, I thought I was being generous. I got home from the lawyer's office yesterday with this check in hand and thought, I finally outdid God in generosity. 
My sister called. He was in his 80s, and she was older. My sister called and said, you know, mom and dad, when they passed some 30 years ago, they had stock in a telephone company. Your share is $800,000. I thought I could outdo God in generosity. I can't. I uh, quickly said, do you want to increase your check? (laughs) But he thought he could outdo God. We cannot. When we make a commitment to tithe, we make a commitment to just give. And I know of of a family, too, who decided to make that hard decision. Though they were a growing family, though their finances were tight, they made the decision to give freely. They set up a certain percentage that they were going to give to the church, and they committed to it. And as fate would have it, he lost his job. They continued to give. And within a week, he found another job that paid three times the amount of his first job. A job that he would probably not have been open to had he not been tithing. I know of others who, because they begin to tithe, they begin to reassess their priorities. They begin to reassess that I don't need that designer coat. I'd be just fine and just as warm with an off-brand name, for example. That they begin to understand that their money is not just their own, but rather God's gift to them and how to return it. I've also shared the story of a woman. We were in the midst of a capital campaign at this parish. We had just started it. It's the first time in many years that they had been asked to give anything more than the Sunday offering. There was a very generous family who took care of all the needs of the parish up to that point. And I said, you know, we can't keep doing this. The parish needs to take responsibility too. This woman had to make the choice, she told me, between paying for her medication and turning up the thermostat a little bit higher. She said, Father, I don't have anything to give. I said, well, yeah, you do. You have time and and talent, too. And while of her age, her talent wasn't... uh, I said, can you pray? Can you offer some time to pray this week for the success of this capital campaign that that people would give freely and give, give well? To this, Oh, Father, I can do that. That week we had received something like $60,000, three large gifts, totaling in that $60,000. I was amazed because our goal was only like $90,000. They thought it was going to take a month or two to get to that $90,000. No. She came back, this woman, that next Sunday, and she was smiling ear to ear, and she was waving something, couldn't figure out what she was waving. And as she got closer, she just exploded with joy. Father, I don't know where this $5 came from. I don't know how it got in my pocket, but I know where it's going here. This is $5 for the capital campaign. I knew she had, I literally experienced the widow's might. That this is all she could have had. It could have paid for one of her, probably just one of her pills. Or paid for the heat to go up one degree for the week. But she decided it had to go to this capital campaign. That $5 meant more to her and more to me than anything because she understood this is stewardship. Those other three with the large gifts, honestly, they probably could have done larger. It didn't hurt them as much. But that woman came with gratitude. 
Part of the reason I don't like talking about tithing is because it gives, they talk, when you talk strict tithe is 10%, some 10% is too much, others 10% is too little. I personally like to talk about another percentage. How about we give 100%? To be aware of 100% of what we have is God's gift to us. 100% of our time this week, every 10,800 minutes, is God's gift to you, to me. How am I going to use it 100% for him? How am I going to use the talents the tre- the, that he has given me? The ones that are flashy and showy and the ones that everyone, the whole world applauds. But more especially the ones that God has given that no one really notices or commends. That are used and useful just the same, if not more important. How am I going to take the treasure that God has given me and use it freely? To give it to him 100%. Being aware that, like the master, He's given everything. This is his wealth that he's given. He's given that five talents and that two talents, and he lets them keep it. Not only the five talents that he originally gave, but the five they earned. Not only the two talents he originally originally gave them, but the two that were earned. When we give to the Lord, he gives it all. When we place everything that we have and everything we are in the Lord's hands because we've received it, he gives it all back. Just as an example, and I've learned this sometimes the easy way and I've also learned it the hard way, St. Francis de Sales says it best, for most people, half an hour a day of prayer is sufficient. For the busy person, I don't like that word busy, it's a four-letter word, but for the busy person, an hour. When we give our Lord an hour a day, all of a sudden we find our life prioritized correctly. We begin to find everything. When we give the Lord the first, the best, everything else falls into place. Our Lord has given us everything we are and everything we have. This day invites us to give it 100% back, knowing that we receive back everything that we've given him.